0: this podcast is sponsored by kava and arculus stay tuned for more information about both of them later in this episode what's up everybody i'm scott melker and this is the wolf of all streets podcast where twice a week i talk to your favorite personalities from the worlds of bitcoin finance trading art music sports and politics basically anyone with a good story to tell Now, the United States has long been envied as a beacon of hope for people around the world and views as the global center of technological innovation and development. Many, including myself, honestly, are concerned that this legacy is at risk due to uninformed politicians and regulators who seem likely to put sweeping laws into place without bothering to do the work on the assets that they're actually regulating. Luckily, we have some elected officials who are working tirelessly to represent our interests and those of innovators and entrepreneurs who want to continue working in the United States. I have the honor of speaking with one of them today, Senator Cynthia Lovis from the great state of Wyoming. Senator, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me.
1: It's my pleasure, Scott. I'm familiar with your work and very impressed with the manner in which you educate and inform and and lead the thought and dialogue in the, in this area. We need uh, that in Washington. So thanks for uh, letting me be on your program.
0: Uh, the honor is absolutely all mine. So. One of the major talking points recently, obviously, has been Gary Gensler's comments on the statuses of cryptocurrencies and his belief that seemingly all of them are securities. Should the framework established in the 1930s apply to new technology and asset classes in 2021?
1: Well, I think the answer is no. Um, I do think that we need to um, both let the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and the SEC Uh, try to work out what they think are the boundaries of their regulatory authority within the digital asset space but i also think congress needs to weigh in so we're working on a bill in my office uh, to provide some definitions uh, that would go into law that would help instruct and inform uh, the regulatory agencies about the parameters of their jurisdiction and authority in this space.
0: Is that one of the largest issues, is that we don't even know whose authority, who has the authority to regulate in the first place?
1: That is a major issue. Uh, We know that uh, currently Bitcoin, for example, is a commodity, but it can be bundled in ways that make it perform like a security. So Gary Gensler, is certainly on the right track if he's looking at the manner in which uh, crypto assets are bundled uh, and marketed. Uh, But in the case of just a pure hodler, for example, uh, who is an individual buying and holding Bitcoin, uh, that's a commodity type relationship with the owner. So uh, we do need to weigh in as Uh, a Congress uh, to help them sort out their authority. Among the things we hear from innovators is they really do want uh, regulatory parameters, a regulatory sandbox, if you will, that has um, sideboards that are understood uh, but that are sufficiently uh, fluid that they can allow for innovation. And we do not want to uh, in any way inhibit uh, innovation through what we do in Washington, either on the regulatory side or on uh, the legislative side. Uh, And it's challenging because there are a lot of people both within the regulator community and certainly in the US Congress uh, that know nothing about right. digital assets, literally nothing. So we're trying to uh, educate and inform. We're, we're trying to read the pilot's manual while we're flying the plane. Uh, and That certainly came uh, to light during the infrastructure bill where the IRS, U.S. Treasury, had come up with a definition of broker for digital assets that was a complete non sequitur uh, they were applying very old world uh, uh or traditional finance definition of, of broker to di- digital assets and and it was a complete disconnect fortunately we had an opportunity to weigh in on that and attempt to reshape it uh, and there was a lot of back and forth that we eventually were not successful uh the bill was passed by the senate went to the house Uh, with this uh, inapplicable language in it uh, with regard to the definition of broker. But the silver lining behind it was uh, it brought together a working group of U.S. senators who are informed and involved and care about this. And I named specifically uh, Senator Ron Wyden, Pat Toomey, um, Warner Portman, Sinema, Uh, and myself all got very much involved in this. The other really exciting thing that happened during all that was my office reached out to the uh, digital asset community and said, Hey, this definition is in the bill. Uh, It, you all know, you can see it. It is completely uh, ill suited for this, uh, this industry call your senators help inform them and advocate for a better definition. And the response was overwhelming. Uh, Senators were hearing from constituents they didn't even know existed. And some of these were fairly big digital asset businesses around the country. So the benefit was, there's a whole new line of communication open between uh, senators and their constituents in the digital asset space. And the awareness was just uh, almost instantaneous. Uh, The feedback now among the dialogue that's occurring now among different senators and their constituents is really encouraging. And Scott, I think it's gonna make a big difference going forward, because now those relationships have been created uh, between this community and their senators. Their senators seem, eager to learn, and uh, it's it, it broke a log jam. It, uh, it it ended up being a really good experience.
0: If you had told me even six months ago the cryptocurrency would be debated on the floor of the Senate, I would have probably called you crazy. So in my mind, I viewed this as the greatest advertisement in the history of Bitcoin, the fact that it happened. Hopefully it will be uh, sensibly resolved, but the very fact that it was being debated at that level and that the crypto community had this fire lit under them with no super PACs and no real political activism to come together and freeze effectively this bill for days was astounding to see and so I'm hopeful, I hope you are too that it will be resolved in the House moving forward do you think that there's a chance that now that Congress people see the power of this community that they'll take care of this uh, before it's too late
1: you know, it did make a huge difference. I'm, I, I hope it will be resolved in the House. I think that's going to be a challenge. We may have to use other legislative vehicles uh, to uh, uh, amend the language. Certainly, if it becomes law, this definition of broker uh, is so broad that people like Bitcoin miners uh, would have to report their customers. Of course, they don't know who their customers are. Uh, and so, We would have to work with the IRS and Treasury to make sure that within their their rules, uh, they are narrowing the definition of broker. uh, So it does not include uh, people like Bitcoin miners and software and hardware developers that uh, have have no um, idea who the ultimate customer is.
0: Well, speaking of reporting in the Treasury, (laughs) Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen has an IRS proposal, supported an IRS proposal to report all transactions over $600. I'm curious what you make of that because it seems a bit extreme.
1: It's very extreme. And uh, my constituents in Wyoming are apoplectic about it. Uh, My fellow Senator John Barrasso and I have heard more about this issue from our constituents uh, than any other issue This year, Um, and it's because uh, six uh, Janet Yellen's argument is that there's a lot of tax dollars uh, that are going uncollected because people have opaque sources of income, and so they're looking for dollars that are. um, unpaid in taxes uh, in huge amounts, so my argument is look. $600 if you're looking for huge amounts of unpaid taxes is such a low threshold uh, that you're all you're doing is gathering data on uh, everyday Americans uh, that are going to provide you with no useful information about tax cheaters and that is very invasive of individual privacy. So uh, we've uh, been very active in this discussion Uh, We will continue to uh, point out the unfairness, the fundamental unfairness of this. But if something like that were to become law, Scott, I think one of the effects will be uh, that people will leave traditional banking. They'll leave their community banks and their credit unions, and if they can find ways to engage in everyday commercial transactions through digital assets they will do so it's it's and they're doing it not because they have something to hide but because they just don't want the IRS knowing every single transaction uh, that they make what I what concerns me is I see the IRS wanting tens of thousands thousands of auditors now right now we have a a self-reporting system we're on the honor system to uh, report our income and pay taxes accordingly Uh, i think the irs really ultimately uh, wants to uh, turn it from a self-reporting system to a fully government run um, audited uh, process Uh, and that, and thank God, then, for digital assets and, and Bitcoin and others, because it will allow people to disengage uh, from fiat currency if they choose to uh, and have a great store of value uh, that is not a fiat-issued uh, currency uh, to moving forward. And I know that sounds pretty uh, radical, but... Uh, I, I don't I, think so.
0: I, I don't think so. I think it sounds, sounds surprised, uh, but I think it sounds rational more than radical. And, and I think that we're seeing a movement in that direction in general. This is one example, obviously, of an invasion of privacy. Now we know that you know they're going to be looking at central bank digital currencies. China's already doing it. The Fed's likely to eventually move to a digital dollar. Talk about an, a removal of your privacy when the central bank has full control of monetary policy and can see literally every transaction that you make, should Americans be concerned about the dollar eventually going digital?
1: You know, I, I've been weighing the pros and cons. And uh, the, where I am right now, I'm the jury's still out with me on a central bank digital currency. Uh, but lately, I've been leaning more towards uh, assuring that stable coins, which are drawn on commercial banks uh, are fully backed uh, by U.S. dollars. Um, So they truly are stable coins uh, that are reflective of uh, the U.S. dollar. If we have that, we may not need a central bank digital currency uh, because central bank digital currencies are actually drawn on the Federal Reserve. Um, I have some My my tin hat goes on a little bit. I get worried about um, how much uh, government is encroaching into the lives of individuals. And and so for me, that is the biggest concern about a central bank digital currency. Now, we know that there is a digital yuan. It allows the Chinese Communist Party to spy on the transactions uh, of the Chinese. For example, uh, if uh, a a, a Chinese resident were to make a charitable contribution to a religious organization that is uh, uh, held in low regard by the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party can use the digital yuan uh, to uh, turn off their buying power via the digital yuan. So it does give government control over money. Now, if we have a central bank digital currency that's based on the dollar, uh, we want to avoid the uh, heavy hand of government, the all-seeing eye uh, that uh, is possible uh, in that regard. So uh, among the things, and, and this is sort of a side issue, but Some of my colleagues and I in the Senate uh, have legislation and have written letters to say, don't let our uh, U.S. Olympians uh, transact in the digital yuan during the Winter Olympics. Uh, We believe that uh, China wants to roll out the digital yuan during the Winter Olympics in China and uh, give people, digital yuan wallets uh, to use while they're there and then hopefully take them back home uh, with them so then the Chinese government can spy on all the athletes that left the Winter Olympics with uh, the digital yuan. So we want the U.S. Olympic Committee to be aware that that is the potential of the digital yuan and to share that concern with their Olympians.
0: Guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this new crypto cold storage solution called Arculus. Their cold storage technology keeps your crypto keys off the internet and on an Arculus key card, With no cables and no USB connections, it insulates you from the thousands of hacking attempts that happen online every single day. You can store, swap, and send your crypto all with a simple tap of your Arculus key card. And if someone were to get a hold of your card, it doesn't even matter because they have three Factor authentication, ensuring that the only person with access to your crypto is you. Guys, you can check out Arculus at the wolfofallstreets.link slash Arculus. Secure your assets, secure your future with Arculus. Guys, unless you've been living underneath a rock for the past few months, then you've definitely heard me talk about one of my favorite platforms, which is Kava. Kava connects the world's largest cryptocurrencies, ecosystems, and financial applications on DeFi's most trusted, scalable, and secure earning platform. They have borrow APYs as low as 0% and reward APYs as high as 200%. They let you mint stable coins, lend, borrow, earn, and swap safely and efficiently across the world's biggest crypto assets with a simple and intuitive user experience and the full confidence of institutional grade security and quality. Guys, if you have not checked out Kava yet, then what are you doing? You can check it out at thewolfofallstreets.link slash Kava. Do it now. I've always viewed it. A- digital central bank digital currency as somewhat bad for the people, but likely good for Bitcoin, because, you know, one of the obvious barriers to mainstream adoption is people's comfortability transacting with digital wallets or using the currencies. It would first give them access to those, teach them how to use them. And then they would realize that their privacy is at risk and probably move to superior assets. Why are you a Bitcoiner? You know, I know that above all, you talked about hodlers and it being a commodity and privacy. So I I think I know where we're going with this. But what first got you into Bitcoin? And why are you so passionate about this in the first place?
1: Curiosity got me involved in at first, I bought my first Bitcoin in 2013. Uh, It was one of those, um, when you have a little skin in the game, you start learning about something. Uh, That first purchase was Uh, just more for fun. Uh, But then when I left the House of Representatives after eight years, uh, I was invited to go speak at the Satoshi Roundtable. Uh, And uh, it was in Mexico. Uh, 2017 was sort of a pivotal year for the Bitcoin discussions. And I just happened to be at Satoshi. I wasn't speaking about Bitcoin. I didn't know enough about it to speak to um, Bitcoin experts, uh, I was sent there to talk about why is Congress so dysfunctional, that I knew <laughs> a lot about. Uh, and so uh, after I gave my talk, I just sat and listened for two days. Um, and this wonderful guy named Austin Anderson, who's with Kraken, sat next to me, just kind of adopted me, took me under uh, under his wing, and was explaining during the discussion why people in the room were taking different positions uh, there were bitcoin miners there roger ver was there um, the people who keep the algorithms i don't know what you call them they were there and so they're having this big dialogue and um, austin sat next to me and said here's what's going on these are the decisions that are being made and it was it was just a fascinating education now um okay full stop there now I'm a person who's very concerned that we're destroying the value of the US dollar by spending too much money. I thought that when I was a member of the House of Representatives. uh, I went home for four years. Now I'm back in the US Senate. I continue to be very concerned that we're debasing the value of the US dollar by spending more money than we take in. And in doing so, Every dollar that I save for my retirement is going to be worth a lot less when I ultimately retire. I was looking for something that would keep its value. Um, Bitcoin has kept its value for me. You know, I bought three Bitcoin in 2013, 2014. I paid about $330 for each of those coins. So, three coins, $1,000. Um, and now, during our discussion today, I know Bitcoin's over 50,000 per coin. Um, I I, I want to buy it, hold it, keep it for uh, when I'm older. I also want to advocate uh, to people who are saving for their future that they do the same thing. Uh, because the U.S. dollar, uh, now we're, what, 28 trillion dollars in debt. Um, this very week uh, in the U.S. Senate, uh, there's there's a heated discussion about raising the debt ceiling. We know we're gonna raise it. Of course. Um, it is um, legislation that um, the majority party is proposing now would put the uh, national debt in 10 years at $45 trillion. Uh, there's no way uh, with inflation, uh, growing, uh, with spending growing, uh, that the U S dollar can hold its value. So I was always looking for other stores of value. I believe that Bitcoin is a great store of value personally, that those are the things that made me, uh, an enthusiast. And then of course I get elected to Congress and I, I have a, uh, an interest uh, in, in the subject matter and I began reading more about it and when so when I arrived here I found out that as little as I know about this I know way more than other people who are here including a lot of the regulators so as I began asking questions for confirmation hearings uh, and meetings with uh, uh, other senators and regulators. I realized they had no idea what this was. Uh, what they knew about it was uh, incorrect. Uh, they thought it was always being used for crime and money laundering, and uh, uh, it's nefarious. And uh, and so it has been an interesting area to get involved in because there was so much information. That's why Kirsten Cinema and I started the Financial Innovation Caucus, because we can see that uh, the underbanked or unbanked would be better served if digital assets uh, innovate. Uh, We can see that the cost of financial transactions can be reduced if digital assets are allowed to innovate. Um, We know that regulators uh, are inclined to want to regulate things they don't understand. Uh, rather than learn about them first, Uh, and so uh, we've had an opportunity, I think, to have some influence in this space. We have staffers from somewhere between 10 and 15 Senate offices coming together uh, uh, once a month or more uh, on Mondays just to learn from innovators in this space. They learn about security, about how uh, criminal uses of uh, digital assets can be detected, uh, how actually safe they are. Uh, people didn't realize that when that pipeline ransom was paid in Bitcoin, that 85% of the Bitcoin was recovered in less than a week. You know, that, those were things that were not reported in Washington. The fact that Bitcoin was used was reported, but nobody went on and followed up to say, hey, that was recovered because it was traceable. And uh, then we're talking to them about why uh, a place like El Salvador would make Bitcoin uh, a legal tender, how that helps remittances. Over 20% of the, in, of the income, the whole economy of El Salvador is remittances. Mm-hmm. So if you have um, a, a son who sends his mother in El Salvador uh, a Bitcoin on her phone, she gets it right away, without Western Union fees, uh, without the risk of going uh, and having the criminal cartel steal her money after she walks out of Western Union. uh, It's it's hugely beneficial to the underbanked, unbanked, underserved and and to people who live in in areas that are just unsafe. So um, the the benefits now, I think, are starting to become more apparent, people are listening, they're more aware of uh, how important uh, digital assets can be. And so now there seems to be more of a readiness in Washington to say, okay, this is real. This is legitimate. We want to help regulate in a way that continues to allow innovation. And honestly, just to accomplish that since the 1st of January is pretty incredible. incredible. It is. And and Scott, your listeners have helped with that. So I I, I, and I want to thank the people who uh, heeded our call to action and, and were willing to reach out to their senators and help them understand uh, what these assets are able to do, why the definition of broker was uh, a disconnect from what really happens in the digital asset world, and then have a continuing relationship with their senators. It's going to make an enormous difference going forward. So if we came here and uh, in Washington and our the first reaction to our interest in gi- digital assets was what what are digital assets what are you talking about why is this anything we could should care about then we went to the point where there was a lot of misinformation and now we're getting to the point of awareness acceptance and willingness to regulate in a way that allows innovation i'm i'm, I'm pretty excited about where we are we're going to have some rough waters and some slip ups and but um i think things are heading in the right direction i'm pretty pretty positive about where we're heading here
0: it's really great to hear that perspective because i can tell you if you're just an average citizen who's watching this system play out, I think it's easy to become very disillusioned. So to know that there really is progress and that this is being worked on and that there's a willingness to improve this situation, I think is just really inspiring. So before we're done, what can your average person do besides calling their senators at this point to help along the progress for digital assets in Washington?
1: Well, if you have a really good book, I I hand out a book called Layered Money, or I sometimes, uh, Handout, Safe uh, safe Dean's book, uh, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin standard. standard. Yeah, uh, I, it's a little more. Uh, it's more dense than Layered Money. Layered Money is more of a uh, a primer. Uh, but if you have a a better book or a book that you think would uh, appeal to a policymaker, uh, send that book either to us or to your favorite policymaker. Uh, so they can read about it. I have uh, senators come up to me in the cloakroom and say, hey, what would you, I want to learn about this, what would you recommend that I read? Nice, uh, nice. And, and and they will listen to you, meaning uh, Scott, you and your li- uh, listeners, uh, if you reach out to them and say, this is something you need to learn about, this is important. Um, so uh, I, I think that's a great way uh, to begin to discuss or, You know, if you're really into it, uh, call their offices and say, hey, I'd like to start a discussion with whoever on your staff um, is advising you or learning about digital assets and then have a relationship with that specific person. Uh, You don't need specifically to talk to the senator, uh, but staffers are hugely influential on the people they work for. And so the more knowledgeable uh, you can make them, the better it is uh, for this industry. Now, not everybody comes at it with um, the same way I do. Not everyone is concerned about uh, the US dollar being debased and needing a lifeline, an alternative. And of course, I see that lifeline coming from digital assets, uh, in my case, specifically Bitcoin. Uh, But even people that are just want to see the unbanked or underbanked served in a way that they can avoid big fees, big bank fees, and they can get um, quick settlement, same day settlement of transactions, even those uh, are benefits that uh, digital assets have that uh, fiat currencies don't. So whatever the rationale uh, that your your policymaker that represents you has, um, they will benefit from your knowledge uh, and your ability to educate them. So uh, I know that I'm getting to talk, thanks to you, Scott, to to the really informed, aware, innovative community out there, um, and it, it's it's got to be a little scary to that community to find out that. I'm one of the most knowledgeable policymakers in this area because you can tell by talking to me I'm not all that
0: knowledgeable. So you are,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it it gives you a sense of the hurdles that you're facing, um, and so please, uh, if you're if you're at all inclined to influence policymakers, believe me, they're going to be interested now. Because they're beginning to understand that this is something that isn't going away and is truly important.
0: I don't feel like your average person believes that they can influence their senator or congressperson and that they can have that power. So it's really wonderful to hear that that's a possibility. And I encourage everyone to do that. So where can everybody follow you after this and keep up with progress?
1: Oh, golly. Um, I'm going to I have staffers here that
0: (laughs) didn't mean to put you on the spot. Twitter, follow her on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Um, at Sen Lummis, S-E-N Lummis, L-U-M-M-I-S, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And I know that we ran over, but I really do appreciate it. And I think that everybody's going to get a tremendous amount out of this. And that it's inspiring to know that we all still do have a voice and that there are people working for us uh, at the highest levels of government. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Scott. Have a great day. You too.